G'day, it is the coach here, and I hope you are ready to sacrifice in the name of Kane jokes. It's actually, we're doing it for Marathi. We are talking all things Daughters of Kane, and I have one of Marathi's handmaidens. Actually, no, it's not even a handmaiden. You are Little Marathi, uh, better known as Marcella, uh, known as, on the internet as Little Marathi, and we are talking all things the Daughters of Kane. Um, for anyone who doesn't know Marcella, American-based player and recently top 10 over at uh, Atlantic City Open. I was going to say, I was going to use the acronym, but I forgot. But it is Atlantic City Open, yeah, ACO, the brand-new <laughs> tournament over at Atlanta. But hello, welcome to the channel. G'day. Hey, thanks for having me on here. Um, I am a relatively new Warhammer player. I just started playing like six months ago, but I got super into it and uh, – in the process of preparing for Atlantic City, I played a lot of games and I, I really fell in love with Daughters of Cain. So thank you for having me on here. No, it's an yeah. absolute, absolute pleasure. So it's not Atlanta, I'm being told. It's Atlantic. <laughs> That's right, America's, Atlantic City. Uh, I called it called... Atlanta City too for like three months before I went there. So Like I've, li I've literally only really been in the Midwest and NOLA. So like... The fact that I know east to west is enough of America. You guys have a pretty big country, um, like pretty insane. But uh, forget about the Atlantic City Open. We are talking Daughters of Cain. And um, a bit of context here is it's my current army. It's what I'm playing with. So I'm really curious to learn from your experience and what you've picked up from the book because I think you and I have had a very different experience. I am a nutcase. I am avoiding snakes i'm not playing any bow snakes i'm not playing any combat snakes and i've had my challenges in my persistence to not play snakes but you have a different view so i think today we're going to have an interesting conversation um, yeah your list looks very old school i like it it's and and, and you know it's, it's not old school like i'm trying to pick up a 2e <laughs> list and make it work I, I i fell in love with daughters of cain because of the witch elves for me um and people who have been watching this channel for a while now know that I have been building up, an, I wouldn't call it a narrative list, but I've been building up a Daughters of Cain list based on a cult of Slanesh, which is a very old lore from Warhammer Fantasy Battles, and it's my armies on Parade oh. Army. But I also want it to be competitive. So I'm building very much on the Witch Elves and the Marathi and the Cauldrons and things, and Snakes, it's just not what I want from my list. But what got you into Daughters? Start me off. Um, so I played, like, D&D for... Uh, several years and I really like the the models they remind me of like D&D models I like to paint and so when I got into Warhammer that was the the type of you know like miniature I gravitated towards so at first I didn't know it was competitive I didn't know it was a good army um, and then it just turned out that it was that so yeah for, for, the aesthetics are beautiful I've been doing a lot of law reading um, not both making my own law but also going in and looking at all the law from I picked up the the novel is it Coven of Blood it's just such a great army like, like outside of like competitive nature it's just a really interesting army and Marathi herself just has such a a rich history that goes back to fantasy battles being a handmaiden of the high elves that got captured by by chaos and her whole timeline leading up to today being a goddess so yeah she has the most interesting background I think as well I started reading Coven's of Blood as well and I'm on yes. the, the second story. It's wonderful. No, it's, 
It's absolutely great. But with with the Daughters of Cain, because um, I guess a lot of people who are here listening to this want to know a little bit about like how you've gone with with third edition. Um, because for me, I've certainly found some challenges. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say challenges per se, but going down that traditional route and and some of the challenges of third edition by having really high armor saves, really strong kind of god heroes, and the types of tools that you got to counter that. But just what's your experience so far with with third edition? Uh, so far in third edition, I'd say that uh, like heroes and monsters are definitely more important than ever, and we have the like a very strong hero and monster that's very hard to kill, um, and she's guaranteed that she's going to stick around for four turns. Um, so in in third edition, I would say that uh, the most important thing so far is uh, scoring victory points early with Marathi because a good player will probably take her off the board in the third turn, in the third round. Yeah, that's that's it. Like, you know, Marathi doesn't heal um, despite what try to language you try to work around it. She doesn't heal. So you've got her for a certain amount of time and um, we've really only got one monster naturally in the army. So um, you do you do got to score score your points early and people target Marathi and there's this been love-hate relationship between Ren 1 and Ren 2. It's been like this emotional, his, like we are put Ren 2, Ren 1, Ren 2, Ren 2, oh, Ren 1. Yeah, I, I bought my book like in April and then shortly after I bought it, I had to like cross out Ren 1 and put 2 and then I crossed out Ren 2 and put 1 and now it says 2 again. So it's a, a huge line of edits in my book. Jacob Jacob Berry in the chats made a really good comment that I would I would one hundred percent agree with, and that is that uh, that's that's the wrong comment. He actually said another comment, which was um, there is no bad build, um, and I would agree. I, I would agree. Like when I looked at the the the, the updated twenty twenty one book, I felt if you wanted to go witch elves, canary, or snakes, there wasn't a bad build. There's obviously trade offs, but there's no bad build. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, I think almost every temple is competitive, except for maybe the Crace, uh, which is kind of okay, but it's still very fun to play. And it's probably great if you like masks and whips and BDSM, because the sisters of slaughter. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Hagnar is very strong. Calibron is very strong. There's a lot of competitive, uh, you know, tournament play with the other temples as well. Uh, the yes. worst part about playing Daughters of Cain is not like finding a good temple or like a, a list that's competitive it's i feel like it's harder to make friends when you play daughters of cain people don't want to play it they don't want to face marathi no it's interesting because i've had some <laughs> conversations lately and you're right people are like you know i hate marathi i'm scared of marathi and she's tough to tackle but once you crack the the nut which is you just got to deal a couple of wounds a turn and if you've got some power projection early it's not too hard to take down Marathi, especially if you can target little Marathi. But you're starting to see builds where people are bringing in lots of, obviously, bow snakes, Gotrek. Um, like, you're seeing some really interesting builds in the army, which is cool, but you are seeing a very focused tournament list as well, which is something the cream is rising to the top. Yeah, definitely the tournament list is Marathi and 15 bow snakes right now, and then whatever else you want. Why Why do you think that's the tournament list right now? Because a lot of people are talking about either going all in with Marathi and the Bow Snake build, usually in um, uh, Calibron, or you're seeing uh, Gotrek added as well um, while he's dirt cheap. 
Yeah, um, I think, you know, Marathi is almost an auto-include in 3.0 because she is a monster and one of our only monsters, unless you want to ally something in. Uh, she's also a great spellcaster. She's guaranteed to stay around. And then the bow snakes is the best way to get mortal wounds right now because we don't have a lot of mortal wounds otherwise. And, and that was what that was, I was mentioning earlier about some of the yeah. challenges that I've been having. And it's not that I'm – that's been one of my biggest challenges when I'm playing armies right now, which have a lot of high armor saves and a lot of, you know, very strong hero monsters that are putting, uh, you know, their finest hour plus one armor saving all everywhere, is that the Witch Elf traditional blender, you know, having lots of attacks with double knives, just – I'm throwing like 60, 80 attacks at an opponent and – they're making a lot of their saves. And then they've got like a yeah. Amulet of Destiny and the couple of wounds that I put through, they just go and heal the next turn. Yeah, uh, the Temple of Drachi Ganesh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but you get the plus one rend with the charge. I feel like that's a good option right now with the, the amount of save stacking we're seeing uh, just to punch through those high armor saves, which Daughter of the King traditionally has a really hard time fighting is hard, is high armor saves like Stormcast, the new Stormcast, I found a lot of difficulty with. And yeah, then, I, uh, I, I, uh, I had the same challenge with Blood Knights. Like I've had a couple of like yeah. soul like lists and they have like two units or three units of Blood Knights and having a two-up armor save, I'm just throwing things at them and. Yeah, and uh, I would say that a lot of people have been playing Daughter of the Cane with Gotrek right now and someone else mentioned in the chat that that's not the answer for Daughters and I agree, I think. Go Trek and Marathi is a great way to not make friends and also lose the tournament you're playing in. Why, why do you say that? Because he's very popular. Like a lot of people are seeing Go Trek, this unkillable hero. Well, he's not even a hero. He's a hero without taking up a leader slot. So people are throwing him into yeah. Hunters of the Heartland so you can't roar on him. You know, he's got this amazing invulnerable save or ward save. Yeah, it's easy to... One, avoid Gotrek. If you can't avoid them, shoot them. Um, or use a high volume of low damage attacks. Like in Daughters of Cain, that would be, I shoot them off the board. I've had to face them several times. And I just did like two or three rounds of shooting with some other things. And then he's gone before he even gets into, you know, the stuff he wants to kill in my army. Another another good tactic I found with, with Gotrek as well, and, and this is probably one of the challenges if you're going to have him, is a smart player will use the redeploy and just make that charge a lot yeah. harder. So, um, and I think you're right, like, you know, you've got to, if you can avoid him and, and, and you know, dance around him and um, I'm seeing and talking to a bunch of people who are finding ways to reduce um, or, you know, really bring in the, the, the charge or, you know, reduce the movement then you can kind of avoid him even more. So things like shackles, for example, is a great way oh, to yeah. avoid him. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's easy to to avoid. You, you mentioned that in the past. Uh, so you mentioned that temples. You most of them are quite good. You're thinking that they're all kind of got their place, other than sorry, Chuck Moore, the Kraith. Um, <laughs> poor guy. He he loves his his Kraith. He's got like over 200 witch elves, and oh. then the Kraith the Kraith is like sisters of slaughter keyworded. So obviously you can run it, but it just doesn't synergize as well. Sorry, Chuck. But is there a temple that stands out for you at the moment in just early third? And I think that's the key, right? This is not yeah. future daughters. This is just the current meta as it's kind of settling. Uh, the one I play is Calibron. Uh, a lot of people play Hagnar because it's very tanky and it's harder to kill your your you know your your models. But I like Calibron 
because it's better uh, just to get on objectives because, you know, you can kill your opponent's whole army and still not win the game if you don't score those objectives. And I feel like in Hagnar, you just have to stay together in that bubble and it's harder to score objectives. So I play Calibron. I played Calibron in second as well. Um, I'd say those are probably the two standout temples right now. Yeah, I think definitely for me, I've been playing a lot of Hagnar, but I'm playing it more for the, I guess, the plus one to the blood rights table. So getting yeah. the the, the re-rolling of ones to charge, that has saved my bacon so many times, especially now that you can only, yeah, you can only kind of do that. You can only use certain command points and the way that you interact with command points has changed. Getting that re-roll and the lack of re-rolls in the game not just for running and charging, but also the reroll ones to hit, the reroll ones to wound, the activation of the avatar early for me. And I've actually, in my list, spoiler, I've been playing around with an avatar, and I don't think I would do it outside of Hagnar. I but either. Yeah. No, it's just like I like the plus one to the, the, the prayers, but outside of Hagnar, it's just, just too inconsistent. I agree, yeah. In... In your games with third edition, have you found anything that's been interesting come transitioning? Because you've done quite well in second edition. I know you're doing your reps in in early third. Have you found any big differences to the way you played between second and third? Yes. In second, I think I was uh, a lot more aggressive than I was now in that my strategy would be to score as many victory points as early as I could knowing that towards the end of the game, like I would rarely see like a fourth or fifth round just because my models would be like taken off the table or I would have won the game by then. Now, uh, auxiliary in, in second edition, auxiliary objectives weren't as important. You could get a major win without them. But now because of battle tactics, I feel like you have to think a lot more about what you're doing and you can't just score like eight victory points your first turn and then, you know, that'll make up for the rest of your game. So battle tactics are so important. Now you have to think more about what you're doing. You can't just like kill things and score points. You have to, there's a lot more finesse, I feel. And if you're a better yeah. player, you'll, you know, you can do, I think, really well with uh, armies that maybe didn't do well before right now. I agree. And actually, funnily enough, in these early days of the meta, you are seeing, you know, Flesh Eater Courts do well. You've seen Auric War Clans and Ogre Moor Tribes and, and armies that aren't traditionally in the top five of a of a match play event. You are seeing them kind of rise to the top. And at the moment, the medal is kind of settling and battle plans and things like that are just working themselves out. But you're right, like putting your reps. One question I had for you, though, just because you've talked about battle tactics being so important is monsters and i think when i saw the battle pack for Gur, and then i saw the monsters coming in and giving you bonus victory points for um for scoring them with a monster um initially initially and, and my opinion has changed since this point but initially i'm like daughters only have one monster other than obviously metamorphosis the spell we've only got one monster we can go into cities for a monster but we've only got one naturally not even like the the, um, the cauldrons are monsters what's your thoughts on monsters getting in monsters in your army the 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 victory point trade-off by having them or not having them so far having just one monster marathi in my army has worked really well and then what i do is i have, for one of the battle tactics where you have to be in your opponent's uh deployment zone i just cast metamorphosis usually always on little marathi because she is risk-free because her and big marathi die at the same time so your opponent can't get two uh two victory points uh from you if you cast it on like one of your little heroes and then she dies next turn and marathi dies now 
Um, so the so I haven't tried any allied uh, monsters yet, but I really want to. I really want to try the War Hydra, and I want to try like the two Phoenixes to see if they work. But so far, one monster is working for me. I just try to use Marathi to kill like the the Warlord or kill the battle line unit, like those battle tactics, as soon as I can before she dies. Another monster that I've been playing around with, but I think the trade-off is just too many. There's not enough ch cheap heroes, sorry, cheap monsters in cities. It's not like Chaos where you can get a 100-point Cockatrice or the, you know, the Kitty Cat. You've got to spend 200, 300 points and you get yourself a, a Dreadlord on Black Dragon, get yourself a War Hydra, get yourself. There's a couple of really interesting monsters, but then I ask myself, what's the trade-off? That's 300 points that could go into most snakes, witch elves, a cauldron, and does that just synergize and work with my force even better? Or even do I get the one of the endless spells or the endless prayers? And we've got some good options. Um, I've been playing around with the snake. I've been playing around with the heart, and they're good options. Yeah, um, I, I uh, the I'm sorry, the endless spells. Uh, so far, I've been using the viper and the heart. Um, those are good. I haven't really tried out the other monsters yet in the allies where I really want to. Yeah, I think there's options. Um, it's good to know there are options, but I think the the lesson that I've learned by playing them in third edition is I just don't need them. And by having a monster that isn't, I'm not focused on. I'm I'm trading off the victory point when someone kills it, which is the other, which is the other side of the coin, is that if someone kills a monster in the battle round, you get a victory point. So at the moment, by only having Marathi, I give away one victory point that route. Um, and I just don't, I don't have the points to get three monsters. So I've got to find something yeah. else, cast Metamorphosis for things like that, but I don't know. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It's probably not going to be worth the other monster. That's kind of where I've landed. I've kind of landed. I tried and... I'm just not happy with trying to get an additional monster. And look, it might change with, oh no, actually, no, we can't, we don't ally with Stormcast anymore, thanks to um, taking yeah. over Parkuron. Yeah, we really, really messed that up. I really wanted Aether Wings. I wanted the dog. <laughs> so did I. So when did I first I. started playing, I'm like, this is great. I can have dogs in my arm. No. <laughs> how how good would uh, Griffhounds be with bow snakes? That'd be fantastic. Um, and in, and to, to Josh's point as well, that's the other thing that I've been thinking about, and you mentioned it as well, Marcella, is phoenixes. You know, thinking about, and I, I don't know, uh, probably the, the the frost phoenix is still probably better than the fire phoenix. I don't like the inconsistency of rolling as a four up to come back um, and having that minus one to wound aura is probably just stronger. Yeah, I uh, I bought a phoenix and I don't know what to build. I don't know if I should put an anointed on it. I don't know if I want the frost or the fire phoenix. So, so many the five the fire phoenix does good with mortal wounds if it passes over things, and you probably will be able to pass over a lot of things with the smaller board size, which actually might lead me to another question: Is how have you found daughters with the smaller board size and the less objectives than second edition? But I think frost phoenix for me is probably still more useful i think uh the most noticeable difference i've seen is i'm using a lot less teleports in calibron than i used to i used to do like two maybe three a game and now sometimes i only have to do it like once or twice um just because marathi can walk to wherever she needs to go my harpies can fly to wherever they need to go to um there's just enough movement where i can walk to places instead of 
teleporting and trying to make a charge. And I, and I found that it's a lot easier to hit those charges again because it was such a smaller board size. You know, being Hagnar, so I can reroll those ones to to run and being able to run and charge um, with witch elves. I'm finding that if if I want to go turn one charge, it's a lot easier. But to what you said earlier on, because you're playing battle tactics as opposed to trying to crush your opponent, um, I'm finding that I'm playing a little bit more cagey early on, waiting for my force to supercharge turn two, turn three, then still go for the the hard hitter. Yeah, same. Me too. I'm a, a lot more uh, reserved and I don't do alpha strikes usually in round one. No, neither do I. I mean, this. do you do that with bow snakes? Because I imagine that's the... The, the big thing right you know that's what actually was happening in second edition people would do calibron bow snake teleport or combat snake teleport usually with marathi are you doing that sometimes but like uh i still tell if i teleport them it's gonna be like just barely what i need to to like take out an important hero or take out something specific i won't usually try to rush forward if i if i don't have to but i do no. like to get the double shooting in in round one the the round one double shooting from Marathi. I actually, I thought I'd be smart in one of my early lists, and I took the Slaughter Queen on Cauldron. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get double, I'm going to get double attacks in. Um, <laughs> but then I quickly realized one, I wasn't finding myself in position that um, I was in combat to take advantage of it with two units, just something. Or yeah. when I was, I'm like, crap, I can't put on two command points on one model in the same phase. I'm like, yeah. ah, so I've quickly dropped that Slaughter Queen to a Hag Queen on Cauldron. Yeah, I tried to make the Slaughter Queen work in second edition and third, and I just I don't really have a lot of use for her. I use a, a Hag instead as well. Yeah, I, I look, and it's cheaper points, you know, getting a bit more resilient um, with, with Witch Brew. Um, Witch Brew's been an interesting one too, actually. Um, again, being Hag, now I get the plus one to Witch Brew, but I've found that... I'm finding at least that I'm less reliant on Mind Razor because I'm just not getting it off as much as my opponents used to in the olden games. And that was kind of frustrating me a little bit with Marathi when she was at minus one rend. Now, as as at time of recording, we're back to rend two. We're back. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> how, long, how long? Who knows? But, yeah, I'm um, so excited. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I can now use that Rend 1 either on Marathi to go Rend 3 if I'm going into something that's really tanky or I've got another source of um, of Rend for the Witch Elves. Yes. Yeah, Witch Elves with uh, Mind Razor is very scary. Yeah. Um, one, th one thing I've noticed, which is is, is I'm, I'm finding it ch not challenging just yet because of the, the, the distance, but I'm finding one great way of getting mortal wounds is through curse um, because I'm, I'm choosing not to go with the bow snakes. So for me, I'm trying with curse, and I've, and I've recently been playing around with curse either on a hag queen on foot or the hag queen on cauldron, knowing that the cauldron is a bit more durable and getting closer to combat than maybe my hag queen on foot who is it playing a bit more cagey. Yeah, um, I like the the hag on the cauldron because of the, the plus one to save. That one's nice, the blood shield. Uh, Jonathan? Oh, go I was going to say, go I on. usually take uh, like the hag and the right now the blood rack medusa on foot just to make it easier to, to hide them because they have the lookout, sir, and they can hide in terrain. 
No. And Jonathan's on the crap out of me like he does in every episode, and that is talking about Gargans. He's like, he's always got to ask about Gargans. <laughs> Gargans, Gargans, Gargans. Do you think about mercenary Gargans in your list? Obviously, that's a monster, 35 wounds, super uh, durable. That's like what, like 400 points, 500 points? 500 points. Like no, 500 that's points. That's like three units of both snakes, I feel like. <laughs> That's 15 bow snakes. Yeah. <laughs> and we can only get the Kraken anyway. We can get the Kraken, which is a bit more of a utility one, can obviously kick objectives, but it's not the damage dealer. That's right, yeah. And to what Gnome's saying in the chat, it's an interesting one. You're right. Curse feels like a trap a little bit because you can only use it if the model is within nine inches. So you've got to be real. I find that I'm using it once or twice in the game at most, and it's to take down something that's super durable and super tanky. Um, it's not something that I'm using all the time. And Jacob is Jacob is asking a really good question, which is obviously about oh, yeah. our Canary. Oh, yeah. Light speakers of, are amazing. Especially why? Because, because, because most people would only bring them in like a unit of five just to steal an objective late game. What's changed for you for our Canary friends? Um, so I before I would only take like heart renders, and that would be just to steal objectives. Life takers um, are not as good for stealing objectives. They still can, um, but they're not as good as heart renders. But life takers, if you put like one or two buffs on them, like for example, mind raiser, they could be ren two on the charge, uh, damage three, and if Marathi is within wholly within eighteen inches and in combat, you get plus one attack. So you could probably kill like a giant or something with five of those if they have enough buffs in them. And they're 90 yeah. points. So if they die, who cares? That's it. That's it. Exactly right. They they, they die. And I found, obviously, uh, they're great for scoring objectives if you can hit that four-plus retreat. Um, but if you're doubling down with Marathi and, obviously, the she has some really good boosts for your snakes and your canary, you can do some serious combat damage with them if, as you said, the buffs pull in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say no. life takers for killing, heart renders for stealing objectives, utility piece. Yeah, no, I think that's probably goes back to what we said right at the start, is that there are quite good competitive builds, whether you want to go Witch Elves, which is my focus, the Snake build, or the Canary build. There are three different builds, and they all can do well. Some are stronger than others, but they can all do well. That's true. There are no wrong decisions. No, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Why crap? So, so why uh, I, I can't let you go with this. Why is the Kraith not doing as well? Why are we Why are we throwing rubbish at Kraith? I think because they're um, like I think their ability is you roll a dice after your sisters of slaughter have attacked at the end of the combat phase and then on a five up. So that's like what a one in three chance they get to fight again. Um, I just feel like that's. That's not very good. It's okay, but compared to the other other temples, it's not very good. And it's so limited to just one unit. It's not like it's Witch Elves and Sisters of Slaughter. If it was, that would be pretty amazing. But it's just yeah. Sisters of Slaughter that are, that are more points. Um, and I don't know that they're significantly better than Witch Elves. I, I was playing around with a little bit of the Sisters of Slaughter. And by the way, Crazy Horse in here saying that Daughters Need a Points increase. I think uh, that is the pot calling the – that's the pot calling the kettle black, Seraphon friend. Um, yeah, I wouldn't – I would tend to your own garden first. Um, but I think for me, like for Sisters of Slaughter, I did try like one or two small units of Sisters of Slaughter 
in my list and I wasn't, I haven't found a lot of uses just yet for the six inch pile in compared to just putting those points somewhere else because the points all went up everywhere. I had to make some hard trades and I'm finding I can't put everything to my list that I want to. Yeah, my uh, 3.0 list, even with Italians going away, uh, they're not as many units. I'd say there's probably like three less units in, in my list now. I mean, my list is different, but still it's a lot smaller and there's less tools than I had before. And, and I would probably agree with what Jacob said as well. So I've talked a little bit about builds. So I've said, you know, witch elf builds. I've said canary builds and I've said snake builds. Do you believe that we could probably do all three, like a bit of a mixed force build as well? Oh, I, I think that's what I use. I use witch elves, I use 15 snakes, and I have like five or ten harpies. And that's that's usually my tournament list. With, with um, and, and, you know, the six-inch pile, and you're absolutely right, Anthony, it is a very valuable valuable asset, especially to avoid things like Unleash Hell, to help you with things like redeploy. Like there's a couple of little mechanics you can leverage with it, but I'm just finding that isolated. So I'm not, I'm not building around my Sisters of Slaughter. Just throwing in one unit in there to tap into the six inch is just not getting me value. I think if I want to tap into Sisters of Slaughter, I really need to build around it and play. I need to focus on it. Yeah, I think, um, so my most recent list I'm using, actually, I threw in a unit of Sisters of Slaughter just so I could, like, personally try to use that six-inch pylon or just to get good good with it, um, to try to find the utility in it. Just, I had the points. I had, like, 15 extra points. So I'm trying to make it work because I know that can be very powerful if it does work. Maybe I'm just not personally there yet. But, but it's good in theory, but I just can't make it work on a table. Yet. Yeah, I've... I've just found, I've, I've personally found at the moment, I'd rather put that into a block of 30 witch elves. So I've, I've, I used to have two units of 20 witch elves and I've gone into a block of 30. Because of redundancy, I'm just losing witch elves a lot easier, especially because fanatical faith slightly changed and they're just dying. I'm not, they're not as resilient as I, I, I remember them. So I don't know, that's, that's just my experience. Yeah, valid. Um, everyone's loving, everyone loves witch elves, witch elves, witch elves, witch elves, witch elves, which ones? Um, is there any particular, is there any particular battalions you think really stand out for you? Uh, I usually like to use Vanguard. I like to throw that in. Um, I feel like, uh, re-rolling that charge is very good. I don't use the, the at the double so much as I do the re-roll the charge. So I like Vanguard. Uh, the battle regiment is very good just to reduce your drops um, because with Daughters of Cain, you usually, unless you're fighting like a specific army, you probably want to go first or second. So you can get that double turn and kill a lot of things. Um, and the third core battalion, I would say is Hunters of the Heartland because all the cool kids are using it right now and there's a lot of monsters. Why are the cool kids using it? So I've got it in my list. It's monsters. <laughs> So it's a good way to counter the monsters. Yeah. One of the things that I found um, a little bit frustrating at times, and it's it's a good frustration, is that I, I seem to get Marathi roared at a lot. So because um, I'm using Marathi especially, I don't have the mortal wounds to, to go and tackle those big monster heroes. And 
she just gets roared at. So I'm like, right, I've got to pull her back. I've got to find other ways and avoid her because the roar is powerful if you hit that three plus. Um, so you can't issue or receive a command in the combat phase. So obviously Hunters of the Heartland for me has been really good to make sure my witch elves aren't roared at. Yeah, I usually put them, uh, my Bloodstalkers, the Shooting Snakes, I put them in Hunters and... I have right now I have a unit of 10 blood sisters, the stabby snakes. I put them in hunters too. And shadow stalkers, I do rate them as well. I've been playing around with them a little bit. Um, I do like them. I do like shadow stalkers a lot. I like them as well. I have three units painted. I usually only use one now, but sometimes I don't use one, but I like to, I really like the teleport instead of move thing. I just, I just, I'm struggling because there's everything I want in my list. I can't do it's just like, why can't you give me like coach bonus points and let me have more points in my list? I just want to. <laughs> so I'll just play like 2,500 points. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I, re I reckon with the points going up, we all just play 2,500. It just completely invalidate <laughs> the whole reason we did what we did. That's Overall, I, I'm really liking daughters. I think they're, they're strong, they're competitive. If you really want to go for the top tables, there are lists that you can kind of tailor and focus towards that build um do i think daughters are a five and O army immediately like can every man and his dog go pick it up and go run it <laughs> probably not probably not but it, it has the tools and i think I, I, overall i'm quite positive i've been enjoying my experience so far me too yeah i think it's uh it's a, a good beginner's army just because you can do well without knowing a whole bunch of stuff about warhammer and strategy but it's not too easy either. So. It's as complicated as it always was. Um, but I want to bring up your list. So I might even give you, you all a bit of a treat and show you my list after this, but I want to spend most of this time in this chat chatting a little bit about how um, Marcella's looking at her list, what she's learned and experiences and why she's picking what she's picked. Um, so you mentioned Calibron. Why, why Calibron of all builds? Uh, I like the way Calibron plays with the teleports and there is a lot of shooting in the current meta. So the minus one to hit army wide and shooting is great. Um, and mostly the, the guaranteed for a command point teleport, because there are other teleports you can get if you don't take Calibron, like mirror dance, the spell, but that's not guaranteed. And then if your shadow stalkers are combat, you can't teleport them. Um, but with the Calibron teleport, you can teleport someone out of battle and then have them go fight someplace else, which I think is very powerful. No, I dig it. I, I like it. And I think that's probably one thing I've learned in third edition with daughters is that there's not a lot of spell casting options and the, the spell casting isn't as consistent as I, I've had in other armies. So, you know, even I've had Marathi sitting on arcane terrain, failing to cast spells. I've had Marathi sitting on arcane terrain and I rolled a double one for a miscast oh. and stopped spell casting. Yeah, uh, Marathi is definitely our best caster and the other ones are severely okay. Yeah. Was it the other one like the, the, um, the, the Medusa? Yeah. yeah. Or I've tried a list where the iron scale has the arcane tome that that works pretty good because you can use her to mystic shield people. She goes out into combat with them. No, I dig it. So you got Calibron for the consistency and the teleporting um, and hold the line like with with the green strategies. 
is that what, yeah why 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 hold the line i've been playing with a few options but um hold the line certainly one of the more popular ones uh, i take hold the line just because um i'm trying to keep my stalkers alive um or i can just run like my last witch elf somewhere or teleport them out into the corner of the field um the other ones uh i feel like the monster one doesn't work because they're probably going to kill marathi it's easy to kill our spellcasters and our priests. Um, the other good one that I like uh, for grand strategies is the terrain one, the predator's domain. Yeah. Yeah. That one's good. It's just a lot more bookkeeping, I think, to be like, all right, this is mine, this is yours throughout the game. When I've thrown the Amulet of Destiny on the cauldron, um, I'm finding that has worked really well for the priest um grand strategy but you're right i think most oh. of the time i'm finding because there's been times where i've wanted the you know fanatical faith to be consistent and, and as undamaged as possible throwing down amulet of destiny to get that five up ward save i found that at the end of the game usually i've got a priest on the table so i've been pretty good with that but i can probably see yeah hold the line is probably definitely one of the stronger ones for us yeah i like that uh that amulet idea i gotta try that out i'm just that. I'm just finding it because I, I want to I want to keep my blood shield and my uh, fanatical faith, especially being Hag, Hagnar and getting um, some additional boosts with fanatical faith. I found having the amulet of destiny on the cauldron does make it stick around. And I'll talk about this in my list as well. I've recently swapped it out to be the iron circlet for reasons oh, that yeah. that I'm 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 tossing up between the two. I don't know personally which one I I, I prefer. Yeah, all good options. But anyway, it's your list. So you've got your Hag Queen, which has got Catechism of Murder. You've got the Shadow Queen. You've got, obviously, Marathi Kane to go with it with Mind Razor and the Withering. You've got two spells. Okay. I, I've only got Marathi with a single single spell. So I'd be curious to know, I'd be curious yeah. to know what you're doing and I, how you're finding it. I, uh, I like the utility or the options of having, uh, you know, more than one spell. Um and like i'd say with marathi i usually cast mind razor every turn i try to cast that um if i'm not going to cast the blood rack viper because it's already on the table i like having another spell um that's not mystic shield because i usually have my my other spell caster try to do mystic shield just because it's a lower casting value so if the blood rack medusa casts mystic shield then what else am I going to do with Marathi other than her Black Horror? So for her third spell, it's nice having some options. Um, same with the Bloodrack Medusa. I, I like the ability, because she is the general, to use Seed of Shadow so she can fly and go 16 inches to get wherever she needs to, or she can teleport there if for if I don't want, you know, if it's okay for her to be nine inches outside of the, the enemy unit. Um, so, yeah, that's why I, I picked this spell as my additional enhancement. Yes, yeah, see, I, I went the additional enhancement as a second artifact, given that the Hagner artifact, I don't like it. It's it's a bit of a tax, just at least with my options. So, yeah. um, but but you're right. Like, I found Marathi. I tried Marathi with the Bloodrack Viper, um, and I had some hit and misses with it, especially with a smart opponent who un or dispels it in your turn. And then I can't recast it, and I'm finding that I don't know. It's a big point investment for five, you know 100 points. You know I've really got to make sure I, I make the most of it. 
But I am yeah. finding without without a second spell, Marathi, I'm stuck with Arcane Bolt, Mystic Shield, and one spell. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, the Blood Rag Viper, just like any other endless spell, can be hit or miss, but it's so valuable when you use the Viper to kill a hero. Um, even if like you teleport Marathi within 18 inches of a hero, and then like you take out their whatever support piece hero, um, that can that could really have a high impact on the game and then the yeah. next turn if they're still alive they can go on to kill some other unit yeah it's helped me pull down things like little necromancers that are sitting behind the lines you know supporting the legion of uh, legion of gash it's now soul blight um those little support heroes it's helped me definitely with um blood knights i think it was i might have pulled down a couple of blood knights from memory but um no no maybe it wasn't blood knights i can't, i pulled down a couple of like multi-wound units but um, oh, like eels, they'd be good for killing eels. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I haven't pl I haven't played any Deepkin Third Edition just yet, mm. um, because I'm in week ten of lockdown, going into week eleven tomorrow. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll I'll get some real life Sigma in eventually. But um, yeah, like I think for me, like the the one thing with the Viper, I've got a love hate relationship with it at the moment because it's a hundred points. I've really got to make the most of it at the right time otherwise it's just sitting there redundantly and if i'm not if i'm playing against a, a luminous realm lords or some type of magical dominance um i've got 100 points sitting that i just can't use yeah it's funny you mentioned that the other day i uh, i went up against luminous realm lords and i used the viper to kill their uh their blood or uh, battle shock hero Cal calathar something like that uh yeah cathalar yeah it was great yeah. Oh, it's so, so good when you pull down those died. heroes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you pull down those heroes. It's just the best. But yeah, I love, I love it. And you do get to move the snake in both you and your opponent's turn. But there's a lot of unbinding, especially. And probably one cool thing as well is priests can now um, dispel. So it means yeah. that your priests are now getting rid of spells and spell casting, and um, or getting rid of endless spells. Yeah. Um, oh, I think my camera died. That's right. Still we hear can. Me? I can still okay. hear you. It's all good. All right. so, so you've, yes. Yeah, so what are you finding with Marathi? So Marathi is the big bad right now. Um, she's back to Ren 2. Talk to me about the Shadow Queen. Um, so I think it's uh, absolutely amazing that Marathi is Ren 2 again. Um, when she was Ren 1, she was kind of like a meh. I don't know if I want to take her. Um, and now that she's Ren 2, it's a, uh, She's a lot more powerful. She's a lot more uh, reliable. Yeah, she's a lot more reliable. Uh, you know, she's definitely got a target, especially with um, throw down the finest hour. Um, if you get roared at, obviously that that's not very nice. Um, but you know, being under Hagnar as well. Hey, you're back. Um, hey. Yeah. I, I'm finding with Marathi with such a big target on her head, you've just got to make the most, but also don't run her up. Don't run her up. She's not this invincible Archeon that's going straight into the force. You've got to be a little bit cagey with her. You do. You want to save her for when, like, the blood rights table is a little bit more advanced so you can reroll those hits and wounds. That's so important with her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm probably launching her in my in my world, round two, because of the plus one to the blood rights. Yeah. But, yeah, you don't, want to, you don't want to throw her up in turn one and give away those cheap wounds early. That's true. Um, and I guess one cool thing as well as Anthony's pointing out here is, you know, you've got Rally as well to bring back, you know, 
models in your force, which has really been helpful with my blocks of 20 and 30 witch elves to bring some of those back, especially with the bucklers to bounce back some mortals. Oh yeah, I love Rally, um, especially for the Bloodstalkers. People get so upset when like there's one left and then you rally like three or four back. And as President said in the chat as well, they use Keltnar because of the retreat and charge and the Shadow Queen is giving a bunch of flexibility. And I can see that being massive. Oh yeah, Keltnar is very, uh, it's a strong temple, especially with Marathi. Yeah. Um, anything else you talk about with Marathi and the Hag Queen? I imagine your Hag Queen is playing a traditional support piece. You've got the Catechism of Murder Prayer. You've, you know, giving Witch Brew, just, just generally being a support player. Yeah, she basically just runs behind the other units and buffs them and tries really hard to not get into combat. And then what about your um, Blood Rack Medusa? Um, she also runs behind the other people um she's really good for casting mystic shield and she does a lot of mortal wounds to hordes um so if you have like a unit of 20 or 30 models um especially if they're on those little bases you can teleport the blood rack medusa in the hero phase with mirror dance if you have that um, as a spell and you can uh, teleport her like near the horde and then use Marathi's command ability to have her do her mortal wound uh, attack in the hero phase and then again in the shooting phase and do potentially a lot of mortal wounds. And I think that's probably the big call out with your list and as we get to the blood sisters and the blood stalkers, just the yeah. sheer amount of mortal wounds you put out. And I think for anyone who, who might be watching this video trying to work out how to defeat the, the this type of build, you're a glass cannon. You you cannot take a punch. Cannot, and no. if you can get to those blood stalkers and get to them quickly, um, they die to a stiff breeze. But with the double tapping, and I think maybe the the other call out to Marathi Kane is obviously the command ability, which is why you've got this big block of 15 blood stalkers. Yeah, definitely a lot of double shooting. Shoot in the hero phase, shoot again in the shooting phase. And then if big Marathi is in combat and and maybe you don't have a lot of Bloodstalkers left, you can use the command ability on Marathi and have her attack in like regular combat in the hero phase. Yeah, yeah, no, I did that. I keep finding I get double turns, so people don't let me fight in my own, my, <laughs> let me use a command point in your turn. Let me to do that. <laughs> um, I just find that, you know, Marathi, especially if I mind raise her up and, you know, I'm unlucky to get that all out attack or getting reroll ones to hit with Marathi. Um, she's usually killing a lot of the things that she wants to kill, um, especially with her shooting attack as well. Um, I'm just generally finding, but. Yeah. So you got your 10 blood sisters, which are your combat snakes. You got your 15, um, which is going to be your shooting. Is the strategy and the, the build around this? Because I guess there's a couple of things here. Why not go two units of blood stalkers? Um, like, why do you have the, the combo? Um, I like the Blood Sisters because they can do a lot of mortal wounds after the combat phase. So how it works is you do your normal combat at the end of the combat phase. For every model left in the Blood Sister unit, you roll a dice. And on a three up, that's a mortal wound to the unit if they're still within one inch. So that's another source of mortal wounds that I like. Um, they also get plus one attack if Marathi is within 18 inches and in combat, big Marathi. So I feel like the the Harpies and the Blood Sisters, they just uh, synergize really well with Marathi. 
we've talked we've talked a lot more about marathi and hello world actually makes a good comment that i probably should have brought up earlier is we have talked a lot about marathi um i've got marathi in my list once because she's really incredible as a model but two um she's at, you know she just she She's just great. She's absolutely great. Like, you know, 10 out of 10 would put this model on the table. But do you have to have Marathi in your list? Does Daughters of Cain so. have to be built around it? No. I mean, a lot of people aren't playing Warhammer to win tournaments. They're just playing to have fun. And even if they want to be competitive, I think you could do it without Marathi. Um, I've seen some. She's amazing, but there's lots of, there's so many options in that book, even without her. I've seen some some competitive builds where people have taken like two cauldrons. So instead of putting like seven hundred points into Marathi, they've gone two cauldrons. I've even seen lists go three cauldrons. So if that's your style, you could definitely. You probably do want something with a large amount of wounds, and and Marathi and the cauldrons are your two big ones. Other than that, you don't have a lot of heroes with more than ten wounds. Yeah, that's true. And then if you don't. Take Marathi. I actually might take a Slaughter Queen just to try to get that attacking in the hero phase in combat with the Slaughter Queen's command ability. Yes, yes. I, that's definitely, if I didn't have Marathi, I would definitely take a Slaughter Queen on Cauldron to have access to that fight in the hero phase um, ability. Yeah, for sure. And uh, also on my list, um, I took 10 Witch Elves, but I have enough points to make that Sisters of Slaughters. Uh, so there's, you know, there's some flexibility in there. And uh, they're both good. They're just uh, there to mostly fill out the battle battle line points. Big Vito's got the big brain question here, and that <laughs> is to go trek or no go trek because lots of people are dun, 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 taking this Duarden in their list. He's 400-odd points of goodness. Um absolute little tank machine we talked a little earlier about about it but why no why no go trek in this list uh go trek is very good uh but he's also very slow and he can be killed um and i don't think he answers any questions that 430 points of daughters of cane points isn't going to be able to solve i think we just have enough good things in the book to not have to use go trek but if you did use Gotrek, that's not a wrong choice. He's a lot of fun to play with. It's not very fun to play against. Yeah, and I think one, people, are, he's got the feel bad tag. So, uh, And then I'm not saying that you should feel bad if you're playing with it. If you want to play a little dwarf in your in your elf list, go for it. Um, but he's getting a little bit of a reputation really quickly. And if you are looking for a traditionally slow little Dwarden, who can double fight in the combat phase, um, who is super durable. So he's got uh, he's only got eight wounds, but he has a very generous after save, reduces damage. Then this is great, and you put him in Hunters, but you are investing 400 points. Yeah, he is a, he's a great unit, uh, but I've, I've played with him. I played a tournament with him, um, and I got, like, fourth place, I think, um, if I didn't use him. I might have had like better results, but he uh, people didn't have fun playing against them, which is why I didn't continue to try to use them. Well, that's actually why I'm looking at things like Cursed. You know, for one reason, again, if 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 Gotrek is as popular as people are currently putting him into lists, and you know, a lot of order forces are going to take this little little dwarf, 
how do we respond to that? And I think one, we've talked earlier about the tactics of avoiding and kind of dancing around and retreating and, you know, redeploying or um, having something that could handle him in combat. And I think that's where I'm at least playing with curse right now to see, does it solve the problem? Should it become a problem? Yeah, I think uh, killing Gotrex either with witch elves or stock or bloodstalkers would be my answer for, for getting rid of Gotrex. Yeah, I'm I'm going and, like triple triple knives, like double knives with with um you know mind mm -hmm. razor elves with curse. Yeah, and then if you are using go trek and you come up against a go trek, you should never waste your go trek on a go trek. No, no, <laughs> definitely put put a Marathi into a go trek and tie yeah. him up if you have to. But yeah, yeah. don't 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 little um, Marathi. Throw your little Marathi at the go trek just so he's stuck there. Yeah, good 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 thinking. Um, and we've already and, and into the chat we we talk mega gargans. We're not talking gargans anymore. <laughs> no more gargan talk. But overall, you you you're generally happy with this list. You're thinking it's it's kind of ticking all the boxes right now. You're finding more success than than not success, I guess. Yeah, I like this list. Uh, it's not the only list, and um, I've been playing around with the Bloodgraph Medusa versus an Iron Scale, and I like both options. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to get the reps in to see if this is the list I want to keep or not. I'm seeing more iron scales in in the builds at, at tournaments right now, but I think it's worth the blood rack brings a spellcaster to the list, and I think they've both got good uses either way, pros and cons. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just how you prefer to play. Yeah. Any anything else you talk about with this particular list? I'm, I really like it. I think um, I think it kind of ticks all the boxes right now. You've got a whole bunch of tools. Um, maybe the burning question I've got for you is your witch elves. Um, why the why the knife and bucklers as opposed to double double knives? Oh, that's a good question. So in 2.0, I feel like um, where you could have more than one like plus one save, the blade bucklers were the way to go just to make them a little bit more tanky and uh, so they can reflect those mortal wounds back. Um, but now I don't want to put together uh, another unit of witch elves with the two knives instead. So that's why uh, they haven't I haven't changed them. But I think, yeah, probably the double knives is what I would choose to build if I were building a unit of witch elves right now. Well, when I when, it's funny you say that because like I've been I've been playing around with my list and um, to someone's comment in the chat though, earlier they were talking about um, I've never seen a list without Marathi and you're right, my list also has Marathi and I think it's not to do with Marathi being this awesome hero, which she is. She absolutely is a great hero. But pull out Marathi, you don't really have a big combat monster. Like, I mean, you don't have that vampire lord on, on Terror Geist. You don't have a zombie dragon. You don't have that that real hammer. Um, and I don't want to go down snakes because it, it's not resilient and it's just not my style. Okay. But my lists, and I, maybe you can maybe give me feedback, live feedback here. This is what I've been playing around with because, um, as I mentioned, I'm going a bit more of a, I wouldn't call it a narrative list, but I'm going um, a, a very heavy witch elf build, but I'm trying to make it work for third edition. And I, I've got challenges, and I've mentioned the lack of mortal wounds or not having as many mortal wounds. So I've gone Hagnar. Akshi is my realm that I've actually got as my narrative, so I've stuck with Akshi. Um, I have gone hold the line because I've got a lot of bodies in my list, the 30 witch elves, the 20 witch elves, the 10 witch elves, and I've gone a combination of a big block of 30 and a block of 10 with the double knives and then a unit of 20 with the with the bucklers. Um, I was playing around with 30 with the, with the bucklers, um, 
but I'm just not – initially I thought I would bounce more mortal wounds off than I did, and I just mm. wasn't getting as many off, and I didn't think it was worth the trade-off compared to charging in with a block of double knives and getting those nice little boosts. Yeah, I definitely think the, uh, the double knives is somewhat better now, and I like how there's a lot of battle lines, so hold the line is a good grand strategy in this one. With my Hag Queen and my Hag Queen on Cauldron, I've been bouncing around. So you can currently see I've got the Iron Circlet on the Hag Queen and I put Curse on the Hag Queen. But then I've also been flipping it around and playing around with the Cauldron having Curse um, and having the Iron Circlet or the Amulet of Destiny. So being Hagnar and you'll see that I've been playing around lately with the Avatar of Cain. One, it surprised me how much damage it can do in combat. I've genuinely actually yeah. been surprised. It's actually not not too bad, and it Ren it supports. Right? Yeah, it's Ren two, and it supports my witch elves with baited with the bucklers really well as a little support piece. Um, I've been generally impressed with it, and in Hagnar, getting it activated in turn two and giving me plus one to my prayers means that I'm really getting all my prayers off on a two plus. And if I really need that consistent prayer, whether it be Blessing of Cain or um, or Curse or um, any other spell or prayer that I've had, um, Catechism of Murder, I've been playing around with Catechism. Um, mm. If I really need it, I can pull the Iron Circlet. If not, I can go Amulet of Destiny. So I'm I'm bouncing around between lists. So I'm okay. Who's the is the General the Cauldron? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Sorry, okay. I missed that one. How dare I not? Yeah, yeah. My 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 cauldron is the is the general just being durable and being a totem as well gives obviously gives me a far greater stretch on that command point. Um, yeah. I gotta remember. I've gotta remember blood shield. I I seem I seem to forget blood shield often, which then works nicely with the bucklers, obviously to reduce rend, and it means I don't need to use all that defense as often because they've already got a plus one to their save, and then the blood shield gives me a plus one to save. So. I can ignore a lot of rend. That's right. Yeah, that's a good counter for, for high rend. Yeah. Uh, and then especially if I can use Fanatical Faith and I use the command ability to um, to re-roll the Fanatical Faith for a unit, um, it does work quite well. So, um, and okay. I think, I think, go on. Is that Blessings of Cain? Is that the re-roll Fanatical Faith one? Yes. Yeah. Blessing okay. of Cain. Yeah. Okay. So you, but you choose one unit. So it's been good if I really need like the, the, Bucklers um, has been yeah. quite helpful, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if I'm feeling it's a bit redundant to build super resilient witch elves when they've only got a pretty rubbish save to begin with, and it's and I can only get a maximum plus one. So, like, am I am I spending too many points trying to to make a a super durable, not durable unit? Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Oh, I see you have yeah. the Viper as well. Um, I've been playing around with the Viper. Um, I'm not quite ready just yet to drop the Viper. Um, I've, I've played around between having the Viper, having a unit of life takers, and I think at the moment I've been quite happy with it. I'm also playing around with the Heart of Cain. Is it the Heart of Cain, the, the Prayer? Heart of Fury, yeah. Heart of Fury, yeah. That's That's been working for me. So I'm, I'm really kind of like trying to narrow down once the meta kind of settles, I can kind of respond a little bit. So I'm playing around with, you know, do I bring in an ally? Do I not bring in an ally? What happens mm -hmm. when I do this? And if I don't take the avatar of Cain, how consistent are my prayers and how reliant am I am I on my prayers? 
Yeah. So it's an interesting one. See, so for people who might be looking at this on a podcast, it's the Hag Queen with Iron Circlet at the moment with Curse, although I am flipping around with Catechism and Murder if I don't take Curse, just because Curse is nine inches. I think that that is hard to pull off. So I need to have a plan B on what I use with that prayer if I'm not in range of Curse because I'm not mirror dancing and I'm not using a Calipron teleport. Hmm. Do you find that you use your shadow stalkers more to take objectives or do you ever use them as screen? So I've played around with them in Hunters of the Heartland. Mm -hmm. And when they've been in Hunters, I've played them more as, as a screen. Okay. But I think for a lot of the time, I'll, I'll initially set them up as a screen. And then depending on if my opponent goes for them or not, and usually they don't go for them, they go for the Witch Elves or they go for Marathi, then I can teleport them into the opponent's territory, go for an objective or sit on a home objective and then move them up later. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I like their minus one to hit in melee. Yeah, they're good. And obviously one change is that they can't teleport out of combat um, and the way that retreating and that works. So it means that I've got to be a bit more cagey with them where in the past I could get them closer to combat, be a real anvil if I made them a unit of 18 that yeah. as a unit of nine, I think they're just more of a nuisance. Sure. No, and they're definitely not an anvil like Marathi. Marathi is like the 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 goddess of anvils. There's nothing else like her that'll tie up <laughs> your opponent. That's true. But I like but I like that you've got this second spell. And I think, you know, um, I think for a lot of people, I'm going down the second artifact route. And because mm. I'm I'm not using the and maybe this is just me not using it properly. I don't know, but I haven't found a lot of value in the in the Hagnar artifact. So I'm tapping into a second artifact, whether it is Iron Circlet, whether it is the Amulet of Destiny, whether it is Arcane Tome, um, whatever it might be. I'm I'm always leaning towards a second artifact. Yeah, we have a lot of really good artifacts in the book, and very few or none of them are attached to the temple. So that's that's yeah. good. That the second artifact. Yeah, that's that's where I want to be. But I think I think I'd love to try out drop the iron circlet, especially if I'm going if I'm already a two plus. Like, is it redundant doing a two plus re-rolling ones for a prayer when I could be getting more value, making getting I don't know an extra spell for Marathi because I am running out of spells really quickly. I can only do a couple of spells. Yeah. No. yeah especially if you have the viper on the table already. Yes. Yeah. Have... That's something you want a mystic shield which is a great spell but you don't always have something in range no and i don't and, and i'm not playing um i'm not playing little marathi aggressively so putting an arcane bolt on her i, I it, it's good defensively like if someone goes for her um i've got a defensive play but i'm not using her offensively so I, it's it's not a priority for me hmm. um have i considered the canite pendant or blood sigil I personally haven't, not yet. Um, I think for me, like the temptation, unfortunately, has always been making that super durable amulet of destiny on the on the cauldron. Like it's just too tempting right now. Yeah, there's a there's no wrong choices. Yeah, um, but and you know, and and I, and I wonder with my iron circlet, um, is it redundant in Hagnar with the avatar of Cain? So if I didn't have an avatar of Cain and I wasn't getting the plus one to my prayer. Is it more valuable? Because I'm already doing one prayer on a two plus. So is it better going artifact or a, or a prayer or another spell? I think or, that's kind of where my... 
Yeah, or even like a if you have two priests, maybe another prayer just to have more options, but maybe not. That was that was another thinking because if I go pure down curse, you know, there are there are really good prayers, but and if I really need to activate my avatar in turn one, I really don't want to waste my one and only prayer. So at least I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That makes sense. Uh, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm kind of I'm currently going all right with this list. I'm I'm finding I'm winning more than I'm losing with this list. Um, I think the thirty witch elves though is a new addition. I did have ten sisters of slaughter in the list, um, although I did then didn't have the avatar. Like I'm bouncing around here and there with it. But I think I think this is kind of more of my style, and I'm generally surprised how the avatar of Kane is going for me. Yeah, I like uh, the avatar. Um, I saw someone use three avatars in a list once yeah it's a silly list but that's crazy i wonder how that plays on the table yeah I've, I've also seen three cauldrons of blood going around like um like monster trucks around the table and just like just charging into people doing mortal wounds but i think for me it not being a monster um really hurts a little bit i would love it to be a monster and get like a monstrous rampage uh, or something but yeah. it's not a monster unfortunately uh, I, you are, you are, you know, to your point, you know, you are already super durable, fanatical faith. You're right. And that's probably one argument why not to take the amulet of destiny on the cauldron. However, I'm only getting a six plus on my, on mortal wounds. So fanatical faith with the five plus only working on regular wounds. So again, like it's, it's the, the argument of redundancy that I'm kind of working out right now. Like, is it worth having a five up or a six plus how many people are actually targeting my cauldron versus how long do I actually need it on the table and I think that's the argument that I'm having right now with my my list testing is am I spending too much time on little return yeah and then uh, I think through uh, the best way to find out is to play like as many games as you can I feel like if I play like a, maybe like three or four games a week or more or a game every day that's really where I find like the answers to all these questions is the more I play, the the more I find out, the more I learn and the better I get. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm probably within 10 games of my journey. So, um, you know, like every good YouTuber, let me know how I can fix up my list in, in the comment section. Let me know where I can improve because I'm, I am committed. This is my armies on parade army. It's one that I'm going to take to tournaments. I want to win more than I lose but I also want to enjoy the, the game. And I feel like this is more of my style of, of playing a bit cagey, getting into combat, having a great game, and not just shooting off all the heroes. Although I do enjoy that, but not I'm not I'm not re-rolling ones, Jack. <laughs> the uh, the master of shoe foo. Um this is this has been interesting. This has been yeah. really interesting with you. Is there anything that you've kind of picked up along the way that um, might not be as obvious to someone picking up Daughters for third edition for the first time. Anything that you've picked up from your amazing amount of reps? Um, I think yes. just trying to figure out like the best ways to use the heroes and spells and then trying to get those victory points out of Marathi as uh, early on as possible. Because I feel like a really good player is going to take her off by the beginning of maybe like or the end of round uh, three. Yeah. Like he's not going to be there for long. So scoring those victory points as early as possible 
with bring it down um, or the battle line killing one or slaying the warlord, you know, whatever it is before she gives up a victory point, I think uh, has been what I found so far and how to, to score those battle tactics. I, yeah, I've definitely with Marathi in the list, I have been trying to score those early battle tactics where if you, if you do it, you, you bring down a monster or a battle line with a monster, um, you score an additional, like I try to get two or three of those before I lose Marathi. Other, so, so there's a fair trade off because when Marathi dies that I'm going to give away a, a victory point with the monster going down. So I want to get the most out of that. Yeah, for sure. I definitely do need to roll more sixes, Vito. I couldn't agree more. And if I could get a troll hag as a daughter's hag, like this, like, I know, um, Hellebron comes back and she's like a troll hag. Cool. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take a blood hag, troll hag, <laughs> if that's a thing. Um, but, you know, like pillars of belief, you know, to, to what Jacob said, you know, you've got to really think about how durable you are if you're going to take that because your, your priests are quite squishy. And to what Josh said earlier um, around ward save, so we are recording this 48 hours after Games Workshop put out the FAQ about ward saves and feel no pains and is Fanatical Faith a ward save? Isn't it currently a ward save? The intention we can only assume is that Fanatical Faith is a ward save. If it's not a ward save and it's an after save, then there's some serious stacking that you can do with after saves. That's yeah. and make. I feel like they're gonna know. they're gonna fix that soon, maybe. Or they agreed. Should. Well, yeah. tournament organizers have already come out saying that um, if it sounds like a ward save and its intention is a ward save, it's a ward save. So I'm not even thinking about it, but it's just yeah. Don't don't get too far because I'm already seeing people build like frost lord on stone horns with super durable things and phoenixes with like seven additional saves. Don't take that route. Yeah. All right. Alex has asked us a good question, maybe to bring oh. us home. And um, what are the nightmare matchups for you at the moment playing daughters? This is a good uh, one. I like that. So, so I get really sweaty when I have to fight new Stormcast because of their high armor saves. Um, and they have, uh, like, their annihilators have uh, mortal wounds, a lot of mortal wounds, and they can, like, teleport, not teleport, but drop in within uh, at seven and then re-roll their charges to get in to like your Bloodstalkers, which I sometimes leave undefended in the back if I'm not expecting that teleport. Um, but yeah, Stormcast has been hard for me because the, mostly the high armor saves and the, the lack of rend, especially when Marathi was one rend instead of two. And uh, Luminous Realm Lords is um, sometimes hard depending on the player. If it's a really good player, I feel like uh, it makes it a difficult game, but you know, I've won games against Luminous as well. So, but Stormcast, yep, they terrify me. How have you found um, Soulblight? Soulblight. I haven't played a Soulblight yet, so I'm curious to find out. I found it interesting. I found it interesting because I've played a couple of games against Soulblight, you know, having Manfred um, teleporting around the board and not being able to lock him into combat was tough for me because I don't have the shooting. Mm -hmm. While for you, you got the bow snakes that helps you with shooting off Marathi, uh, Marathi um, off Manfred or um, even the Lumineth Fox. If, if someone is playing with like mm -hmm. one or multiple foxes, you've got the tools. Yeah, I don't have the tools. <laughs> I don't have the shooting tools. Yeah. Um, I think for me... Some of the challenges I've found is playing the armies that have lots of hero monsters. 
is coach gone? Can you only see me? <laughs> yeah, sorry, so whoa, internet. Pain is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're sorry. Back. Okay. Hi. Amazing. <laughs> Woof, internet. Uh, all right, let's wrap this up. I think maybe the Australian internet's just freaked out, but I think you'll sure. see that my my builds are very focused towards witch elves because when I start fighting these hero hammer two or three vampires and zombie dragons fighting these bunch of you know super durable heroes marathi can't handle it her on her own so i've really got to supercharge my witch elves whether they're bouncing off mortal wounds with the uh, the bucklers whether it is you know lots of attacks with curse and some type of high rend using mind razor and just trying to get those attacks um that's my build yeah i think getting those buffs on your units are so critical and yeah. uh, a lot of which helps do just buckets and buckets of dice and damage. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think Australia's internet has told me that I've been talking too long talking about witch elves. Um, but is there anything you'd you want to kind of wrap up with? Anything you want to shout out before we kind of uh, bring this uh, home? Thank you for having me on the show. Um, when I first started playing, this was a, a very accessible uh, like YouTube to learn from, where you didn't use like a lot of jargon and you explain things. So. Um, so thanks for having me on. Um, thanks for, for having a YouTube channel. Um, and uh, I have a Twitter, which is uh, Pyrolysis. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'll, I'll add it to the show notes after this if I haven't already done it. And you are super active on the Discord. You're even yeah. wearing one of my Discord shirts, which is pretty cool, having your yeah. uh, you, you Can Retreat <laughs> Marathi shirt. I um, absolutely yeah. love it. Um, but I'm really enjoying my, my, my Daughters of Cain journey, um, really, yeah, really enjoying it. I love the flexibility. It has some Cities of Sigma elements where there's multiple builds and I can customise it the way and I can adapt to the meta, which is partially why I've been a bit cagey with locking down a list because I just want to try it all out. I just want to see what it's all like and what each of them kind of work out with. Do I build around X and Y and Z and... Um, I think it's a great army and I'm really enjoying it. And I hope you all, you all enjoyed it just like Grumdy did. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up. Thanks everybody. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and uh, thank you Marcella for an awesome discussion. All right. Thanks coach. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.